Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are we doing today? How are we, we rise to your feet for uh, worship here? Uh, sorry, I'm a little nervous. I haven't done this in a little while. Doing great. Um, you know, it's it's just a wonderful thing being where I'm at. I think back. You know, I I will, I've been through everything. I've been through the the, the abuse as a child. You know, every format I, I went through that. Uh, growing up, I had, I had uh, just, I just had a hate for everyone. And now, and it's like, I, w- I was jacked, but I started drinking. I started trying to numb out every, all the pains I was suffering. Uh, watching my mom die was, was one of those things. And I just, I just remember digging myself in my own grave. I got, you know, I got so deceived, I was literally putting myself in the grave. And then God came to me with a choice. He said, you know, you, you don't have to live this way. You, you, you continue to go this way. You'll, you'll end up dead, prison, or prison and then dead. And he said, just follow me. Just come with me. And I'll, I'll change everything. Everything is fine. Um, so I, I finally give it up. I total surrender. You know, the thing I would, would do for anybody. And he just totally changed my life, you know. I go with 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that for those who are in Christ (laughs) for those who are in Christ everything you're a new creation sorry it's awesome Um, (laughs) the old is gone behold the new has come and you know those things aren't me like I knew that person but it is not me I I, I love people man and that's just that's just something special things, they don't hinder me anymore, and I, I'm not afraid of them, they're, all, they're it's just wonderful, and you can do the same, totally surrender, alright, glory to God. Somebody say, that's my God. Come on, somebody say, that's my God. Hallelujah. He still transforms lives. He can change your life today. Amen. This is what we're going to do. Let me just tell you what I see in the spiritual. There's a front right now going on against the church, this church in particular today, because today is a special service of healing and deliverance. There's a demonic front right now trying to stop everything that we do, trying to mess up order, trying to do all kinds of weird things. But we're not going to let them. Amen? You know, what, you know what frequency and what sound demons hate? They hate the sound and frequency and the wave of joy. They can't stand joy. They don't like being around joy. So right now we're going to set an atmosphere of joy and we're going to repel any demonic spirit right now. So, Father God, we just call you down. Holy Spirit, give us a heart of joy in this place, a heart of victory, a heart of power, a heart of understanding who we are. 
Is the church happy yet? I said, is the church happy yet? This is what we're going to do. If you're happy, get out of your seats wherever you're at. Move around. Come come close to the altar. Come on, come on. We'll wait for you. We're going to wait for you. There you go. Bring it closer. Bring it closer. Don't look at me. Just walk. Come on. This is what we're going to do. We're just going to praise and shout and dance and sing. Amen. Did somebody come to church this morning? Ask your neighbor, do you know you're a church? Do you know you're a church? Just stretch your hands out. I woke up with a little nick in my neck, you know, a little thing. I had to stretch. 
stretch out this morning. When I say and I sing, you guys are going to sing, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. When I say shout, what, what do you think you're going to do? Shout. And dance, what are you going to do? Dance. So that's what we're all going to do, amen? See, this is a church, and we're united. We're one, we're one thing, the church. Somebody say the church. And we work together. Amen? And we encourage one another. So don't feel weird if you don't, you know, if you don't, if you don't do it, just, you're going to be the awkward one. I'm sorry. If you don't dance, if you don't shout, you're going to be the weirdy. So you're looking at everybody else like, they're weird. No, actually, you're the weirdy. All right, so here we go. We're going to do this chorus, and we're going to sing, shout, and dance. Ready? And I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good, and I shout because you are good. There you go. You are good to me, and I sing because you are good.
grateful for that today. Glory streams from your face so lovely. A million words. A million words cannot describe how marvelous your
just right now, just keep your eyes closed. In your mind's eye, just imagine the love of the Father. See that word, Father. The word, Father. You can imagine how good God is. He calls himself Father. And maybe you didn't have a good father. Maybe you didn't have someone to call daddy. Maybe you didn't have someone to call Papa. But he calls himself Father. And the Bible says that he is Father to the fatherless. And we can come boldly to the throne and say Abba, Abba Father. There's restoration for you today. There's healing for you today. There's salvation for you today. There's forgiveness of your sin today. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Somebody adore him in this place. Somebody believe that with me. Somebody believe that with me. Come on. Don't play patty cake with Jesus. Believe it in your heart. Hallelujah. Say, I adore you. sing it with all my heart and I adore you I love everything you are I adore you I will sing it with all my heart and I adore you my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what is true though I cannot see if the storms of life become and the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe and I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son love came down and rescued me love came down and set me free I am yours, I am forever yours, mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul that I am yours, I am forever yours. 
every promise comes my way when I feel your hands of grace rest upon me stay desperate for you God stay humbled at your feet I will lift these hands and pray remind myself and I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son ah, woo, sing that again and I remind myself of all that you've done come on think about it think about it
are set free today. Surrender to the Lord and say, I am yours. If you've never prayed before, if you've never talked to the king, just lift up your hands in this place and just say, I am yours. If you're tired of running, if you're tired of being so far away from him, just take one step right now and say, I am yours. Come on. With all of your heart, Come on, Jesus, we are yours. Metro praise is yours, King. Metro praise is yours, King. We lay down our lives this morning and we say, do with us whatever you want, my King. We surrender to you because your love came down to set us free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, King. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, King of kings. We worship you, Lord of lords, God Almighty, creator of the heavens and of the earth. Hallelujah. There is none like you. There's none that comes close. There's none that compares, Lord. All other are false idols, dear God. They're mute. They cannot speak. You are the one and only living God. And we worship you this morning. We worship you, King. And Lord, we just lift up our city right now. The city of Chicago needs you. Needs you to come down and set it free, Lord. To rescue it from its sin, from its wickedness, the violence, the murders, God. Have mercy on our city. Have mercy on those who think it's okay to take the lives of others. God, we pray for their salvation. We pray that they would be set free from that spirit of evil, dear God, in Jesus' name. Do something in this city, dear God. Set this city on fire for your kingdom, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. I just want to ask my sister Lauren to come up here and just pray for those families who lost uh, loved ones this weekend. So many families that were, that were killed, that lost loved ones. Please pray for them that they would be healed. Hallelujah, Father. God, you know every pain, every hurt that the people that you created feel, Father. When they lose the people that they love, God. But especially to murder something so cruel, Father. And I ask you, God, for healing right now, God, that you would draw those hurt people to yourself, God, that these families would go into their knees, Lord, in repentance, God, God, and know 
that you are their healer, that you are their savior, God, that only you can forgive, oh God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just comfort the people, the hundreds and millions of people, God, that lose people all over this city, God. We ask you, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy, Father, for your love, for your hand to be extended to them right now in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, that you would draw them, draw them to this place, God, to a place that that your people are, God, that we are willing to comfort them, that we are willing to extend our hand to them and help them. Draw them here, oh God. We are willing to help, oh God. We are willing to preach. We are willing to to extend God a hug or, or just show them your love. Draw them to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Salvador, if you could please come up here, please, and pray that every time that we hit the streets in evangelism, that lives would be touched, that people would be ready and willing to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father God, we pray for every evangelist, oh God. Lord, you call us to be all prophets, Lord, to prophesy your word. Jesus, we pray, oh God, that every person in this room will prophesy your word, oh God, that they will not sugarcoat it, Lord, Father God. They will present it with truth, oh God, that they will present the gospel the way it is, oh Lord Jesus. If it offends, offends because you did that. That's the way you work, oh God. We pray for the truth to be expanded, Lord Jesus. We pray, oh Lord, for your mighty power, Lord Jesus, to come in the city, Lord Jesus, that, that when people hear this gospel, Lord Jesus, that you people are are expanding out there lord father god i pray that the, the heart will be soft for god to receive that gospel that you will turn the the heart of, of, of rock of god into a heart of flesh lord jesus soft those hearts lord jesus that they will be able to hear the word lord jesus open ears to hear the gospel lord open eyes to see lord jesus that you are real that you are out there lord jesus with this evangelism of, of father god we pray oh lord jesus in your name that the power of your Holy Spirit will be with them, O oh Lord Jesus. That salvation will be in the streets, O oh God. In your mighty name we pray. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for the city. We thank you that you've put us here, dear God. And we just declare fresh fire over this entire city. My King, we pray that every time we go, that hearts would be ministered to, that people would be healed, dear God. People would be set free from addictions, King. In the name of Jesus, those, dear God, who've had tough childhoods, that they would be set free from the curses of Satan. In Jesus' name, Lord, we give you thanks, glory, and honor. Amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise right now. This city belongs to Jesus Christ. Give him some praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I want to ask you all to please take a seat. Amen. God is so good, isn't he? My name is Griselda Govea, and I am the campus pastor here at Metro Praise along with my husband. And I want to share with you the message of Jesus Christ this morning. It's called, Today is the Day. Amen? You guys say that with me. Today is the day. Please open up your Bibles with me to Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. The Bible tells us here, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means each and every person here in this room, we are not good enough to enter into God's kingdom. 
From the day that we were born, we've already had that sin. And even after that, we continue to sin. We don't have a place up there. We don't have a place with the Father. The Bible tells us that he is holy, that he is righteous, and sin cannot be in the presence of this holy God. But he made a way for us because he loves us so. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God took on flesh, came into this world, and suffered for you and I that we might have a place with the Father in eternity. Jesus was humiliated. He was tortured. He was betrayed by a friend. He was deserted by his disciples. He did all of that for you and I. He was falsely accused. He awaited his death. He didn't run. He awaited his death because he knew that he was the only sacrifice that would pay for the sins of the whole world. So when you and I say that we believe in Christ, it isn't just a religious thing. It isn't just something found in a fairy tale. No, this is real. God took on flesh so that he could take our punishment. We had a debt that we couldn't pay, and he paid it for us. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing that God would love us so much while we were still sinners? Today, if you're not right with Jesus, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. If you're in sin and you're saying it's just too hard, no, today is the day to be set free. If you've been hurt, today is the day to be healed. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is your, with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Maybe you're in this place and you say, I've said that prayer before. Come on, but you got to believe it in your heart. You have to put your faith in Jesus today. Not in religion, not in just a Sunday morning service, but in Jesus Christ. And let him set you free today. Amen. New life starts today. I want you to please stand with me right now. As we recite our confession of faith. Here at Metro Praise, this is what we believe. If anything in this message or in this confession of faith does not align right in your life, and you're saying, I want to get right with Jesus, I have a couple right there in the back. Jessica and Salvador, please raise your hand. They want to pray with you. Please make it an effort. I urge you to just go and talk to them, and they will help you. They will counsel you, and they will pray with you. Amen. On the count of three, let's read our confession of faith. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. 
I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Come on. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, go right back there and talk to Jessica and Salvador. If you are not getting discipled, talk to them. You will be trained in how to live for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the sacrifice that he made on the cross. We thank you for giving your one and only son for us. I pray, dear God, that today hearts would be convicted, that salvation would take place within these walls today. Lives be transformed in Jesus' name. I pray that discipleship, dear God, would be a priority in the lives of your people, dear God, to be trained to be, to be more and live like you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. Feel free to fellowship, and our couple is right there in the back to pray with you. Amen. Amen. Greet one another. Welcome to Metro Praise. We love you. Take a few more moments. Today is a special service. We're going to have a great time. So glad that you are here. Come on. I want to do it for Jesus. God is good. Just give somebody a high five as you make your way back to your seat this morning. If you love Jesus, can I hear somebody say, I want to do it. Amen. We want to love God and we want to love people. Amen. Somebody say, I want to do it. 
He came up fist pumping. You know what I'm saying? We take the world songs and we flip the script and we make it about Jesus. Isn't that cool? So I want to do it. I want to love God and love people. That's why I'm here. I hope, hope that you're here for the same reason. Would you look at your neighbor and just say thank you for coming this morning. Amen. Thank you. Just in case we don't get a chance to welcome each one of you, we just want to say thank you for coming. I just love you so much. Today is such a special day. We want to have a healing and miracle service today. And if you have never seen a miracle, get ready because yours is coming. It will start with you today. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so every Sunday we're meeting at 10 a.m. If you like it this week, come back next week. It gets better and better as the days go on. If you're new here in the back, we got plenty of information back there for you. And our website, metropraise.org. Everything is up there for free, our books and videos. And then Wednesday we have encounter night for our children and our prayer meeting here for the adults and every last Wednesday is our family fun night and this last Wednesday of the month is going to be our back to school party come on somebody make some noise back to school you know we've already started SUM and now the high schools have you all started high schools no y'all start next week see we get you ready two weeks do you all know when you start when do you start Danny Okay, God bless you. God bless you. Do you know? Does anybody know? After Labor Day. Okay, thank you. You know. Thank you. So this is a back-to-school party for anybody going to school. We're actually going to be giving away school supplies. So if you need them, come on out. If you don't need them, come and get them anyway and give them out to somebody who does need them. So basically this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, free food, free school supplies, a time for you to come with your whole family. And we're going to have a guest from Faith World who has a Christian school that in their church, and they're going to tell us about their Christian school if you're looking to enroll your children into that. So just come on out. Can I just get a woo-woo? A amen for the family fun night. And then uh, every uh, Friday at 7.30 is Elevate. There we go. Come on, man. Drop it like it's hot. We're training you right, man. We're training you right. See, this? I got a little lyric like this. It goes, um, okay. Drop it like it's hot, brother. Just don't stop. Drop your sin at the altar because hell is hot. And if you got that Holy Ghost feeling, everybody throw them hands up to the ceiling. Okay, you see what I'm talking about? So that's what I say. Drop it like it's hot, brother. Just don't stop, okay? And if you got that Holy Ghost feeling, throw them hands up to the... Oh, look at you. Look at you. That's all for Elevate right there. So teenagers, junior high to high school, come live for Jesus. Can I get a what, what? Amen, amen. Just keeping it live this morning. As I said, today's a special service. We are going to touch heaven and change earth. Everybody go touch heaven. And then look at your neighbor and say, change earth. Amen. You can touch their shoulder. We're going to change lives today. Every week is one of those weeks where we change lives. But today, specifically, it's going to be awesome. So just a few moments, we'll be getting to that. Family fun night. Come on out. And then starting next month, September, we're going to be going through a whole new sermon series called Christ in You. Everybody say, Christ in me. Look at your neighbor and say, Christ in you. It is going to be awesome. A verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Colossians, Christ in you. You're going to learn about the hope of glory, Christ in you, who he is in you, and who you are in this world, how to live for Jesus. It is just going to inspire you and bless you. So come on now. Can I get an amen for that? Amen, amen, amen. And this is our vision. It never has changed and it won't change. It's to love God and love people, connect you to the cross, mentor you with the cross, and send you out with the cross. We want to connect you through our life groups that meet during the week. Is anybody excited about life groups? Come on, somebody. You can fake it right now, but are you excited? 
Is anybody real about that? Come on. This is what our church is built on, connecting you to the cross through relationships. These are home Bible studies throughout the week, okay? They meet in homes at different times, and there you begin to get involved in what Christ is doing in the church and in your life. It's just a community to serve Jesus, you know? You can dance alone by yourself in the shower or sing by yourself, but how many know going to the concert's a lot funner? You know, it's, 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 it's better. You can live for Jesus by yourself and be the lump on the log, or you can get around others who are living for Jesus. Can I get an amen? And so we just don't want you to be by yourself. Connect to people in the church. And as the church grows, don't get lost in the crowd. Get in part of somebody's house, and it's a house party, and it's awesome. And while you're there connecting, you can then begin to get mentored by one of the life group leaders can take you through our 101 stage and our 201 stage of discipleship. These are the books that we have. They're in the back and online to develop discipleship in you so that you can go out and change the world. Everybody say, disciples that make disciples. Thank you. So we connect you to the cross through our life groups, mentor you through our books and leadership training, and then send you out to change the world. And we believe every person here can be a world changer, history maker, and a roof breaker for 100,000 disciples in this city with 50 campuses and 500 around the world. If you believe it, can you pump your fist to the base and say, let's do it. Come on. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> just, give me, just give me like a boom. Come on, just, he's new at this, so I got to teach him now. You got to give me the boom clap. Just the boom, you know what a boom clap is? Ahead, give it to me, baby. Drop it like it's hot. Now, clap. There. There we go. Say, let's do it. Say, let's do it. Say, let's do it. Just do, 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 do it. One more time, let's do it. Rock two, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a do a let's do it. Praise God. I'm a little embarrassed for you and me both. But if you would have, if you would have started it a little bit faster, we could have got there. Okay, is my this is what my face looks like when it's red. Is it a little red? Can we get little keys in the background? Help me out. I'm a little lonely up here now. We're gonna talk about giving to the church. Ten percent goes to the Lord, a tithe and offering. And anything, a uh, tithe goes to the Lord, 10%. Anything above that is an offering. We appreciate your gifts to the church. Our church is based upon your giving, and we just want to thank you for it. You can tell we're having fun today. Uh, but we do take it serious. So if you would uh, consider partnering with us, one of the best ways to do that is to uh, consider being part of our giving plan on top of your tithes and offering to also give to our building fund, a $50 offering a month can help us out greatly to pay the extra bills that uh, it's hard for us to do in recession and $25 extra a month helps us with the missions. And we really have a big heart for missions here. These books are translated in other languages and are being used in 200 plus churches around the world in five different nations. And, and they really appreciate what we do here. And so I would just ask you to consider being a tither being obedient to the Lord, giving 10% of your total income, and then an offering above that, and consider to help support the building fund and the missionary offering. And when we were uh, sitting down as a staff, we started to think, how can we increase our giving to charity here locally in Chicago? And so what we did is we started uh, charity giving boxes in the back, in the cafe. There are boxes to give away clothes and canned goods and dry goods. So they're right back there in the cafe. They're cool little boxes. You'll just open it up, dry 
drop it like it's hot right in there, and we will give it away to the people of this community. How many think that's cool? Can I get an amen for that? So even if, you know, you're like you're looking through your outfit and you're like your clothes and you're like, man, i got to give some of these away, Metro Praise now has a place for you to do that. So just consider giving away clothes here and the dry goods, and we'll do a special seasons. You know, as we get to Christmas, Thanksgiving time, we're going to do some special drives for that. But they are there in the back. And if you didn't know, whenever you buy something from Mission Cafe, the profits go to the missionaries. That's why we call it Mission Cafe. So just remember the heart of giving of this church. We started with nothing, and we'll leave this world with nothing. So everything we have, we're just stewards of. Amen? And if we make it happen for others, God will make it happen for us. If we let go of what's in our hand, God will let go of what's in his hand. If we give, it will be given back to us. How many get the point? Amen? Thank you. Would you stand to your feet? Let us pray today. I don't know about you, but I, I watch news a lot, and there's always that new prediction of when the, uh, you know, they say the recession is over now, but now there's, like, prediction of, of when we're going to see the in, increase of jobs and the increase of finances in our nation, the lowering of debt. And every time I get my hope up, you know, I get disappointed. And I'm not saying, like, they don't know what they're talking about. It's just when we look to man, there's always a disappointment. What if it got worse? I mean, nobody promised us that America would be great forever. You know, I'm just saying, what if it did get worse? Would we still love God? Do you know that during the time of the Great Depression, the Great Depression, which we've gone through bad times, but not as bad as that, the church, Christians gave more percentage-wise to the Lord during that time than Christians are now? I don't think it matters as much of the surrounding situations as much as the heart matters. So I just want to encourage you today. The biblical principles of giving apply to us in any time of feast or famine. And what the Lord promises us are things that money can never buy. And I don't know, but like I said, when I watch the news, it just wakes me up. And I don't know if you saw this, but the director of some famous movies actually jumped off a bridge. I don't know if anybody saw this. Anybody see that? A couple of you watched the news. And nobody can figure it out. Man, this guy was a great director. He directed movies with Tom Cruise. And it's like, why in the world would this guy jump off of a bridge? He directed a Top Gun. There was actually going to be a, a new Top Gun coming out. And everybody was like, his life just looked great. Why would he jump off a bridge? I sense in these last days, people are realizing quicker than ever before that material things will not satisfy the soul. And if you've had to give up some things like I have and, you know, you don't have all you're used to, I want to encourage you. Look at what God's doing on the inside of you. Not an excuse to be lazy. Not an excuse to believe God for great times ahead. But if we're waiting for there to be happy, then we're never happy here. Let's start being happy here. Amen? Because there doesn't exist. We're not promised tomorrow. They, uh, they showed us that in uh, the news as we were praying today that there were 19 shootings over Friday and 13 of them happened in a half hour. I mean, are any of us really even promised tomorrow? Let's give our lives away, amen? Let's love God and our families, love our neighbor, and let's ask him to bless this nation, amen? Father, we set our priorities straight. We put you first today. We look to our family next and to those around us. And we ask you to bless us and bless this economy, bless our, our politicians, remove corruption. God, a lot of times when we're voting, it seems like the lesser of two evils. 
Lord, we just ask that America will set its priorities straight again, starting with everybody here all the way up to our president, that, Lord, you'll protect our soldiers overseas, protect this nation from its violence, and now, Lord, bless us to be a blessing. Help us, God, to give to places that we care about, like this church, to other charities. Let us not forget, God, that all that we were given wasn't just for us. We were to be stewards of it. And, Lord, I specifically also pray for those who are saying right now, I'm in a great time of need. Lord, I just ask for you to encourage them, increase their joy inside, God. Help them find the joy of serving you, Lord, even if they don't have all that they used to. And, Lord, we hold on to your word today that as we give to you, it would be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And we pray that blessing over our children and our children's children. Hollywood will not set our standards. Your word sets our standards, and we will live by them today in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Here's what Paul said. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Would you come giving today as you rejoice? Thank you. God bless you. Praise him. Can we give a hand clap for the band today? Come on, there's some radicals for Jesus. Amen. Will you open up your Bibles with me, please, to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. We want to talk to you today about touching heaven and changing earth. Pray for everybody today. Do not leave out of here unless we have prayed for you. Pay us that honor today. Even if you don't want prayer, even if you're just like, I'm blessed, let us just pray more blessings on your life. Amen. And then you can pray for others to keep getting blessed. But I'm serious. Don't leave out of here unless we've prayed for every single one of you. This is a great day to receive prayer. And for maybe those things you've thought about and go, oh, I don't know if God really cares about those things. You can bring those things to the Lord today. It doesn't matter how small our issues are. God cares about them. And it doesn't matter how big they are. To God, you praying today, you know, for a job or, or praying that he clears a million dollars of debt. It makes no difference to him. He cares about your situations. It doesn't matter today if we're praying that God heals your allergies or that God heals your cancer stage, you know, the worst stage of cancer. It doesn't matter. God cares today. Can I hear an amen? Just God cares. He loves you. And today this church really wants to impart those blessings to you by the power of his name because the Bible says he is with us right now. He is with us. We don't need to talk about him like he's not in the room. Jesus is in the room right now, and he's not like Elvis. He hasn't left the room. He's here. He's here right now by the power of the Spirit, and he's not my imaginary friend, and I haven't lost my mind. He is talking to me, and he is talking to you, and he will be with you everywhere you go, and from this point forward, he's going to show you some new things about who he is. He's going to show you a new aspect of him. It is fresh and new to be in the presence of the Lord. Every time I come to church, and I've been serving God for almost 17 years, I see new things in God. 
Now, if I don't come here expecting new things or come hungry for new things, then it will be boring. You know why? Because I'm boring. But if I come expecting God to do great things, God will never let me down. One time a preacher was asking people to come to the altars and pray out to God and ask God for miracles. And as he was walking by, he was listening to some of their prayers. And he would stop them and he would say, what are you praying for? And somebody said, you know, I'm praying to be healed. And, they, and he said, I come in agreement with you. I believe God to heal you. And then he walked on down the altar and he said, what are you praying for? I'm praying for uh, my daughter to get saved. Well, I come in agreement with you. Your daughter's going to get saved. Well, then he walked a little bit further down and he said uh, to one of the gentlemen, what are you praying for? And he he said, oh, nothing in particular. I'm just praying. And he says, well, then you will receive nothing in particular. And I have nothing to agree with because you haven't claimed it. You haven't spoke it out. You see, if you're coming here going, oh, you know, God can do whatever. I'm not really expecting anything in particular. Then your faith is not going to be honored by God. God honors faith that specifically calls out on his name for specific requests. If you were going before a judge today, and you were facing, uh, let's say you owed a million dollars, okay, and, and you were in debt, and they were bringing you before the courts and bankruptcy, you know, trial lawyers. It's a bankruptcy trial of some kind, and it was for your business, and you're before the judge. You're not going to stand before the judge and plead your case and go, Judge, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm just here. You know, I'm not expecting anything in particular. You would be pleading out your case. You would be saying, Judge, look, man, you know, we tried to build this restaurant. It didn't work. It failed. But don't send me to debtor's jail. You know, don't punish me for this. I'm asking you to clear the million dollars of debt. You would ask for something particular. If you would go to the doctor and, and, and one of your relatives was sick, let's say a child, let's, let's say Bethany, she got sick, uh, maybe she was playing around, broke her arm or got sick and went to the doctor, I wouldn't say, doctor, you know, just whatever you feel like doing, nothing in particular. No, I would say, fix my daughter. Make her better. Well, why is it when we come to God, we just say, well, nothing in particular. You know, this is just another Sunday service. Whatever happens is whatever happens. I'm not expecting much. I think a lot of the times we do that is because we're guarding ourselves because we don't want to get let down. We feel like, oh, I've asked God to do things before, and God hasn't done it, so why ask him again? And then you might look at other people who are asking God for things, and you might say, well, they're just playing make-believe better than I can. You know, they're better make-believers. They're better at pretending, but I can't pretend. I'm a realist. This doesn't work, but I do believe there's a heaven, so I'll just come to church on Sunday. I believe we should come to church not just believing there's a heaven, but that there's also a heaven coming to this earth, a power of God. He said for us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to touch heaven and change this earth. When Jesus walked the earth, it wasn't the same after he was left here. He left an impression. The disciples left an impression. We can leave the world different. We can change the world. Look at Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Changing the world is not just a hope and a dream. It's a reality in Christ. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, Jesus knew who he was. He said, I am God's anointed one. Messiah means anointed one. He said, I'm that guy, and I know what my assignment is. This comes from Isaiah 61. He was quoting the Old Testament, and he says, I am that guy. I'm going to preach good news. I'm going to set free the prisoners. I'm going to heal the blind. I'm going to release the oppressed, and I'm going to tell everybody, God will bless you. The year of the Lord's favor is now. Jubilee has come. 
He said, that's what I've come to do. Jesus was sure of his assignment. Now, as you continue on in the book of Luke, or any of the Gospels for that matter, going on down to Luke chapter 4, verse 31, he begins to enact that kingdom of God, that promise that he said would be upon the earth. As you begin to see in verse 33 of that same chapter, in the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice. So a demon now cries out to Jesus in the middle of church here. This is kind of crazy, isn't it? But I've seen this in church. I've seen demons talk to me while I've been in church. Here in Chicago and also overseas. This demon shouts out, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus said, Be quiet sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Boom. Jesus cast out a demon. You don't have to watch this, you know, on TV. You don't have to see this in a movie. Isn't it something that the more real the movie is, the more scarier it gets? Like right now they're putting out these paranormal movies where they're actually showing like a reality TV show like with the camera and the demons come and shut off the lights and everybody goes, oh, that's the scariest thing. Well, you know what? If I came to that house, I would say get out in Jesus' name and show the power of God. So let's not be amazed at the, 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 the power of the devil and become afraid of him. Let's be amazed at the power of God. And not only can I go into that house and do that, you can go there and to do, go there and do that. Everybody go boom shakalaka. You can bring the boom shakalaka of God with them devils in Jesus' name. Isn't that something? We would rather believe it in a horror story than out of our Bible. We would rather go, oh, well, that's possible over there and in that situation. But, you know, if we just come here and cast out a demon, well, I don't know about that. Or we would say, oh, 1-900-CLEO, those psychics, some of them, you know, they may have some truth about them. We would believe that rather over a prophetic word in the church or God speaking about your future. We need to realign ourselves to understand who Jesus is and that the kingdom of heaven started with him. And I'm going to show you that when he left the earth, he didn't leave the power. Uh, he didn't take the power with him. He left the power on this earth. Let's just keep going. Luke chapter 4, verse 38, he said he came to set people free. He's setting them free. He's preaching the gospel. He also said that he came to heal people. Well, let's keep going. It says here in verse 38, Jesus left the synagogue, went to the house of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. Verse 40, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Now, I want to ask you two questions. Number one, do you believe this happened 2,000 years ago? And I don't want you to say it just because you want to make the preacher happy. That's okay if you don't believe. I'm used to it. But I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Do you believe 2,000 years ago there was a literal man named Jesus Christ who healed the sick and cast out devils? The second question is, do you believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That's why we're here. Now, you might say, Pastor Joe, well, I don't see everybody get healed. I don't see all the demons get cast out. But here's what we have to say as Christians. We'll see more demons cast out, more sick people healed when we pray and believe for it than when we sit on our hands and do nothing. We have to do something to see God move. Now, I like to compare this to a batting average. Well, let's say we pray for 100 people today and only one gets healed. Okay? 
So I'm only batting, you know, 100 or one out of a 10, you know, 10%. I'm only, my, my average is not good. Well, let me ask you a question. Is it worth the one that God healed praying for the 100? Would it be worth us praying for hundreds of people if we just saw one or two get healed? How about if you were that person getting healed of cancer? Would it be worth it for you? Now, as we go back to the time of Jesus, Jesus had a perfect batting average. His percentage was batting 1,000, 100 out of 100. He was awesome. Then the disciples, we begin to see, didn't have as well as a batting average. Sometimes they did have people that were sick, and they had to deal with it. And we've seen all throughout church history that it seems like the power of God has lessened and lessened and lessened until now we look in our culture where we almost mock at the idea that somebody's going to pray for you to be healed. We've become so sure of our medicine and so sure of our way of thinking that now for me to actually lay hands on you and pray for you, that sounds ridiculous. But isn't it something, and if you don't know this, let me inform you, that overseas in other countries where they're not as sophisticated as we are here and dependent upon medicine, they are just as hungry for the Lord as they were 2,000 years ago. They're still seeing those miracles. So here's the, the, the thing I want you to think about. Are you satisfied with the doctor and the medicine and the treatment you've been getting? If you have been, then no faith is required of you at this point. If you're satisfied with what we've done with the, uh, the optometrist, how do you call this, the eye doctor? Optometrist, there we go. If you're happy with what that has done and here I have my glasses, then that's fine. Don't ask God to bring you 20-20 vision. But you see, I'm not okay with just the glasses. I want 20-20 vision. So I want to ask God. Are you all tracking with me? If you're happy using the medication and the lotions or whatever you have to do, you know, I have psoriasis on my forehead. I have to use a certain kind of lotion and medication with the antibiotic every day. You know, if I was satisfied with that, I could just say, thank you, God. You've given me good medication. We know all good and perfect gifts come from you. I, I don't need to ask for healing today, but I want to ask for healing. Why? Because I believe Jesus still wants to heal. I believe there's a better plan for me than even just what medicine and modern doctors have done for me. Can I hear an amen? amen? Now, once again, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. Well, I don't want nobody laying hands on me. Well, we won't then. I don't want nobody praying for my cancer. Well, then we won't. Do you understand it? You don't have to get prayed for. You don't have to ask God for the miracle. You can simply use the medicine we have today. But what I love about third world countries in the time of Jesus 2,000 years ago, they didn't really have a choice. So it's like, I better go find Jesus. I'm here and he's doing miracles. There is no a Medicaid. There is no, uh, you know, things to go to the free hospital care. I better get some help. And Jesus would always heal them. And I believe in the church again. We need to believe God for miracles. What if one of us didn't need to wear glasses when we got out of here? Would it be worth us praying for everyone that didn't want to wear glasses again? What if one of us didn't have to take diabetes medication again? Would it be worth praying for every person with diabetes? What if one of us with terminal cancer got here? Would it be worth it, my friends? Is he a good God? Does he love us? Does he want to heal us? Let's act like it then. Amen? Verse, 33, uh, verse 43 of that same passage. Everybody was saying to him, Jesus, you're the healer, man. Let's just start a big, uh, a big church. Let's have you become a king. Let's, like, make this a sideshow and a circus. But Jesus said in verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. He kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So they said, oh, man, you better just stay right here. We're going to bring you all the sick people, empty out all the little clinics and get, get you a big church here and make a lot of money. He said, no, i got to keep finding other sick people. i got to go to other towns. 
We'll skip ahead to Mark chapter 16 with me, please, as Jesus prepares to leave. As he prepares to, you know, after his resurrection, to go back to heaven. And that's where we believe he is. We believe the Father is in heaven, and we believe Jesus is sitting at his right right hand on the throne. That is literal. But we believe he didn't leave us helpless. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And and as I taught my children, I'll teach you right now. God is the Father. God is the Son. God is the Holy Spirit. These three are one. So when when the Son went back to the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit, the Father and Son are. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is here, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Father and Son are here. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. See, Jesus for three years went around to all those towns, but he didn't make it to the Philippines, did he? Jesus didn't make it to China. He didn't make it to Puerto Rico. He didn't make it to Mexico. He didn't make it to Italy, did he? So what did he say to his disciples? You guys go now. Let's multiply. What did he say? Preach this message. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Verse 16, whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. And they will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. He says, these four things will follow the preaching of the gospel. You are going to cast out demons. You're going to speak in new tongues. The sickness, uh, excuse me, the uh, snakes and the, uh, and the poison speak of being invincible, meaning you won't be able to be stopped until Jesus takes you home. So don't be afraid of people, and you will see sick people healed. So you're going to cast out demons, speak in new tongues, be invincible, and lay hands on the sick. And you're to do that everywhere. Not just big old disciples who preach on, the gos- uh, preach on the gospel stage up here and little disciples can't do it in their home, you know, it, you know it just with their family. No, there is no such thing as a big disciple and a little disciple. There's no special anointing that comes on me for standing on this stage. Are you listening to me? I'm no different from on the stage to off the stage. On the stage, off the stage. Same guy. Everybody say amen. Same guy. That's the same discipleship. That's the same power of God's in me is in you. And he says, go out and do it. And look at verse 20. The disciples went out everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied him. Jesus fulfilled his word. He was up in heaven. And as he heard that word being preached, he said, Holy Spirit, send the same power to them as you sent to me. And the word of God started to be confirmed in the disciples' lives just as it was in Jesus' lives. When the disciples would say, demons, get out, the Holy Spirit would force out those demons. When the disciples would say, be healed, the Holy Spirit would heal. The Lord worked with them. And the last time I checked in my Bible, I don't know about you, there is no expiration date on the power of God. Does it say, and this will expire in 70 A.D., and then it's gone, baby. Does it say that it's going to expire uh, when medical science is doing all the hard work and now we understand everything? We won't need this anymore. Is there any expiration date on that promise to them that believe? No, we shall see these things. Do I have any believers in the house of God today that want to speak with new tongues, drive out demons, lay hands on sick folk? Amen? I believe that today. I may look like the Chicago shore, but I'm preaching that old-time gospel, baby. Are you listening to me? 
He may have some spiky hair up here pumping his fist, but I believe the gospel that Oral Roberts believed. I believe the gospel of A. Allen. I believe it all the way back into the first time it was preached. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Healing the sick, setting free the oppressed, telling all people God blesses you and favors you. And now some of you may ask the big question today. As you turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, you may now ask the question, which comes to all of us. It's a rational question. And I don't want you to turn off your brain. You don't have to turn off your brain to receive a miracle. It's a rational question, and it may come to all of you. And the question is, is God willing to do a miracle for me? Pastor, you got me excited. I believe he's the same yesterday and forever. I believe he's done it in others. I believe that, you know, he's, he'll do it here. But I'm not sure if he'll do it in me. Even for me as a pastor, I can tell you it's always easier for me to pray for you. It's easier for me to pray for you with cancer, somebody in a wheelchair, than it is for me to ask somebody to, to say, would you pray for me that my eyes get healed? Because I kind of feel like, oh, I don't know if I deserve it. Maybe God just wants me to have glasses, and maybe, you know, this is just the way it's supposed to be. But if you came to me, it's so, it's, it's so much easier for me because I'll go, oh, yeah, God wants to heal you. God wants to heal you. God wants to change you, but me, I'm not so sure. I've dealt with that, my friends. And I know there's got to be people here today, you're dealing with that, and you're going, okay, man, I believe God might cast a demon out of somebody because he'll have compassion on them. And maybe if there's somebody dying in this place, God would have compassion. But I don't know if God really cares about my problems. You know, I don't know if God really cares about my thyroid or, or my, my arthritis or if God really cares about my allergies. I, I'm not sure if that really is important to him today. I want you to see something in the life of a leper. With Jesus acts, or excuse me, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Would you put up the slide of a leper, please? I don't think we understand this. In the Indian culture, they still have leper colonies, third world countries. Most of the time, we can stop leprosy in the Western world before it spreads to the whole body, and we can enable the body to recover. But this is probably what that leper looked like that day that came to Jesus. Leprosy basically kills the skin tissues, and then the skin won't reheal itself, and so whatever happens in injury or in wear and tear, the body just simply falls apart. It's just like having dead skin hang around, you know, like a, like a hangnail. And so fingers start to fall off. Sometimes ears fall off the nose, you know, the cartilage of the nose, the toes. I want you just to understand this. Jesus is an important person. He's got a lot of places to go, doesn't he? He's got a lot of big issues to think about. Has thousands of people following him. And here a man like this falls on his knees and says, Lord, if you're willing you can make me clean. Can you imagine the heart of this guy? I mean, imagine if that was you. And you hear about Jesus coming to town. Wouldn't you just, with everything you had, just kind of just fall on your knees and go, Jesus, man, if you're willing, would you change me? Jesus, if you want to. That's what he's asking. It's like, Jesus, I know you've done this for everybody else. If you want to, would you do something for me? 
He's really, he's really asking Jesus, do you care about me? Do you want to do something for me? I'm not a rich man. I'm not a popular man. And if you notice what he says, he doesn't even ask for healing. He says, will you make me clean? Because in the Jewish context, the leper was unclean also spiritually. And if you were on your way to church and you touched a leper, you now would be considered unclean, not even allowed to go to the synagogue. And so not only is he dealing with a physical sickness, he's dealing with a stigma where people look down on him. And even as far as the Jewish mindset would go, they would think that his parents had sinned or he had sinned to be born that way or to be cursed that way in life. And he basically stops Jesus on his busy day. He says, Jesus, are you willing? Can you make me clean? Can you make me acceptable to God? Can you make me clean so others don't run away from me and say I'm unclean, I'm dirty? I want you to keep reading and look at Jesus' response because I believe it's for all of us today. And you can keep the picture up because I want you to get this in your heart. Keep the picture up for us, please. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. To answer your question, is God willing? Yes, he is. We're going to have prayer stations in just a few moments. I just have one more scripture to share. And we're going to make the rest of this service about prayer. Many of you consider this your church. I would ask you, even if you don't want prayer, to stay till 12. That's our normal ending time. Because I believe you're going to see some miracles here. I believe God is willing. There are stories where God has grown out limbs in the modern times. I put Facebook articles up and video blogs of people being raised from the dead in Africa and Reinhard Bonnke's meeting. They're still there if you want to check them out. God has done so many wonderful things even in my life. I've seen, you know, deaf ears here. I've seen lame people walk. I've seen broken or, or uh, limbs that were out of place be put into place. I, I've seen people with, with throbbing wrists get healed. I've seen people that that have had migraines and no a solution with medicine, never have a migraine again. And I've also seen God cast out demons. I've seen God heal depression and take away the medical problem of bipolar and these things that people suffer with. I have seen God deliver. I have seen God heal. And so, my friends, there is no argument today with this preacher. You can't argue with me. I mean, I will take time in the sense of teaching you. I'll share you this with the scripture. But there is no argument to a man with an experience. You know, Neil Armstrong just died. You could argue with him all day on what it was like to be on the moon. But he walked on the moon, baby, and you're down here. There is no more argument. The man with the experience trumps the person with an argument. I know God's a healer. I know God is willing to heal. And here's the thing that I want you to see. If he doesn't, I still will love him. And if he doesn't, I will pray again. I've been praying 16, 17 years for my eyes because I don't hold him to a God. If you don't, then I'll quit. I don't hold him to an ultimatum. The Bible says don't put him in that place. So what I simply do and I simply ask that you would do is that you would open up your heart to say, God, I believe you can do it, and I'll step out in faith to ask you for it. And if I don't get healed... I'll ask you again. I'll ask you until I do get healed or until I just want to live, live with the condition I have. You have the choice, but I've made it up in my mind. I will not make this an ultimatum between me and God. 
but I will keep asking him, and I will keep contending. You ever hear the illustration, keep on knocking till the door is open? Keep on seeking till you have found. That's a Bible principle. It doesn't just say ask one time. It says ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Can I hear an amen? I've got seven more minutes to prepare your heart for some miracles. Turn with me to Mark chapter 5, and then we're going to pray for miracles today because the miracle worker, Jesus, is here. He is here in this place. Oh, this is one of my favorite stories, the woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. And I am purposely not turning loose my preaching gift right now. So y'all just start shouting because I really want this to be a somber moment. I want you to look at your heart. And I teach this when I go to India. Sometimes they look so much to the white missionary, they miss their miracle. Because pastor's going to pray for me. The missionary's going to pray for me. You won't receive your miracle because I got you hyped up by preaching at you. And they don't receive a miracle because a white man came 7,000 miles to lay their hands on you. It is a heart issue. It is faith between you and the Lord. You can receive your miracle, but it has to be on his terms. And he responds to faith. Here it is. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus again had crossed over by boat. Oh, Rachel, would you come, please? To the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. See, you notice Jesus had large crowds. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her, that she would be healed and live. Now, Jairus he gets his daughter healed out of this. But he is not the one I want to focus on. I want to focus on this woman that takes advantage of Jesus as he's walking from one place to the other. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now this is an issue that women could relate with. And it was a private issue, something that she would not want anybody else to know. And because of this, she herself was also considered religiously unclean. And yet she came out of her house that day willing to seek God for a miracle. Maybe 12 years she had been going to the priest. Maybe 12 years she had been praying. We don't know how many times that it actually failed in her attempts, but we know this day is going to be special because Jesus is passing by. She had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Do you see what she thought? If I just touch Jesus, I'll be healed. I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that today? If I just touch heaven, I'll be changed on this earth. If I just touch Jesus, my life will be changed. My marriage will be changed. My family will be changed. Everything I do will be changed. I can't walk out of here the same way if I can just touch Jesus. Jesus, I want to touch you today, has to be the cry of our heart. He is here. She thought if I can just touch him, I will be healed. Again, immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. 
At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and you ask us who touched me? So Jesus is with a crowd of people. Of course, there's a lot of people bumping and touching and being next to him. You know what it's like to walk in the crowds, Chicagoans. Come on. So it's like, who touched you, Jesus? Everybody touched you. But what Jesus was talking about was the touch of faith, the reaching out in faith. Who gets the miracle? The one who reaches out in faith. But they're all praying, Jesus. Yeah, but that was praying with faith. Oh, yeah, they're all asking, but that one means it from their heart. I want to ask you today, are you just going to throw up some random prayer, bump into Jesus? Are you going to reach out with your faith today saying, God, you're all that I have. There is no other answer. I want you and only you. Will you heal me? I believe. Oh, God, do it again. Do it again. Then the woman, Jesus looked around, verse 32, to see who had did it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Would you stand up with me today? Come on. As you're standing to your feet, Jairus sees all of this. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and said, Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother this teacher anymore? So it's like, Jesus, while you've been healing this woman, this detour of the spirit, guess what? The daughter's dead. Jesus, ignoring what they said, looked directly at the synagogue ruler and said, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Can we just stop right here? And ask ourselves this question. Is Jesus setting up a opportunity for us to fail and be disappointed in life? You ever have kind of like fake friends and they hear about you going for something big in life? Maybe you're going for like a new job and they hear about it. And they get, like, so enthusiastic, it's almost just like to kind of, like, see you fail. It's like, oh, yeah, you'll get that job. Oh, yeah, you're going to get it. Sure, you're going to get it. Yeah, you, you know, and you're just like, really? Do you think I should work on my resume? No, your resume's fine. You're going to get it. But in their mind, they're doing it just to see you fail. So when they watch you fail, they're like, <laughs> knew you were never going to get that. But they set you up. They wanted you to try it. We used to do this all the time in skateboarding. Oh, yeah, you can do that jump. Oh, sure you can. Woo, go for it, dude. Go for it. Okay. Seriously, my friend broke his wrist when we were at a skate park one time. And God, forgive me, we wouldn't even take him to the hospital. His wrist was like this. We're like, dude, we've come all the way out here. We're not taking you yet. We waited five hours till we got done skateboarding until we took him to the hospital. It was our fault. Y'all don't want me to pray for you now. Don't be afraid. Just believe. But people, like, they set us up to fail. Oh, yeah, you can do that jump. Go for it, dude. And then we're all broken and messed up. Well, you should have thought about it. You think Jesus is setting us up to fail? Okay, cancer patient, don't be afraid. Just believe. But really, you're going to die, and I'm going to see you in heaven. Is that what he's saying to us? 
Oh, yeah, a person that takes the thyroid medication. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Let's try it. And then when it don't work, I'll just love you. I'll fix your little broken heart, your little cute broken heart. Isn't that, wouldn't that be sadistic of our God to tell us to do this in his name? And then when it doesn't happen, we just fail. We walk out of here broken and hurt and go, God doesn't understand. Doctors don't understand. This is all a sham. You know, is God messing with us? I don't believe he is. I want to tell you what we're going to do today now. James chapter 5. We'll just put it up so you can see it. This is after the time of Jesus. The disciples now. James is the half-brother of Jesus. Chapter 5, verse 13. He says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. So is anybody here in trouble? You can pray today, and we're going to believe God to deliver you out of trouble. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. We've had some singing, and we're going to have some more singing. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Brother Berto, go get some of that earl for us, please. If there's any sick here, we've got elders in this house and we want to pray for you. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray. Thank you, sir. So you may be healed. Look at it. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. We're going to have four prayer stations today. Band, would you come, please? Here's our four prayer stations that elders are going to be leading the 201, our disciples are going to be there. And then any Christian that wants to help out, you can just lay your hand gently on the shoulder of the same gender, okay? Because we don't want some dude laying his hand on some woman like, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, touch her, Jesus. Just touch her real good, Jesus. Can I get your number after we're all done here? No, you ain't touching no woman here, man. Listen to me, okay? <laughs> Let's make you all laugh a little bit. That's all right. We're going to start with a prayer group to my left, your right, right here for salvation. Jared, would you come? He's one of our elders. And those who are with Jared, would you come? Some of them have already been asked to be with him. Today, if you're in trouble or you need to get right with God, the relationship between you and God is not right, hindrances, sin, temptation, whatever it is today dealing with your salvation, that prayer group is going to drop the boom shakalaka right there. They are going to stretch out their hands, pray for you. Jesus is willing today. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Amen. My wife right over here is going to be praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues and a fire of God to come on you for ministry. If you're saying, I'm new to this church, y'all evangelize, y'all crazy. I don't know if I can do that. We're going to pray you get the Acts 1A power of the Spirit that will make you his witness to the uttermost parts of the world, to the ends of the earth. It's right there. So you get saved and sanctified and get filled with the Holy Ghost right here. Amen. That's how you can go. You can go through all prayer stations today. We're not done praying until you're done praying. Are you tracking with me? Then to my left over here, Birdo and those that are with him right there are going to have a prophetic prayer station. What this means is they are going to pray words of God for you for direction and wisdom and understanding in your life. So if you're like, man, I'm already saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, but I need some direction in my life. Can somebody pray with me about uh, a marriage, a relationship? You don't have to call 1-900-CLEO. You can go over there and God will have a word for you. Amen. 
And if we don't have a word, we're not making it up. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to be telling you all weird things and just weird you out. There, there's going to be a legitimate word from God, or they're just going to say, go home and pray and study the word, and God will talk to you that way. But we believe he can speak in this meeting and give you direction. Can I hear an amen? And then lastly, in this corner is what we were talking about. Chris Vitale, he's our Wicker Park campus elder. We're going to be praying for all those who are sick. So, Chris, would you come and receive the anointing oil? He will simply, along, Chris, quickly, come. He will simply, along with his wife, just place the oil on you just as the Bible has commanded us to do and say, be healed. And they will contend with you for your healing as long as you want to contend. So don't get discouraged if you don't see your miracle immediately. Many of the times when people get healed, it is a process of contending in the meeting, in the prayer meeting. Sometimes you'll hear about people praying for a half hour, 15 minutes, just for the same person, and the miracle will come. Other times it will come instantly. What we're saying is don't leave out of here until you feel you've given it all to Jesus. Amen? And then here's the deal as your pastor. I don't want anybody to go to any of these prayer stations with the heart of demanding, and God, if you don't, I won't. You know, I, if you don't do this, I won't believe in you. You come believing God and trusting him. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Amen. And put the rest in his hands today. We're just crazy enough to believe what he said. Amen. We're just bold enough to hold him at his word today. And if one gets saved, one gets a word, one gets baptized, one gets healed, it was worth all of us here giving it a shot today in faith, was it not? Amen. If you believe God's in the building and a healer and a deliverer, can you bless him today? a Savior. Let's pray. The band is going to get ready to sing, and then we're going to dismiss you. Officially, you can go at any time, but specifically to stay for at least the next 20 minutes and get some prayer, and the band will keep singing for those that need inspiration and to want to worship God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. That your healing power is here. Your, your prophetic word power is here. Your saving power is here. Your baptizing power is here. Lord, we pray that no one leaves out of here the same way they came. Lord, we know you are willing. We ask you today to do miracles. We have righteous men and women who will pray the powerful and effective prayer so that others may be touched. And Father God, we stand on your word that if we touch you today, we will be changed. Do it now in your name in Jesus name somebody say amen come on bless him one more time you are dismissed to go to these prayer stations let's do that come on just turn off the stage lights for me and just find a place to pray Woo, Jesus come on give God some time today to move in your life Come on, Jesus. Sing songs of praise, those of you who are waiting for prayer. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord.
lights on, would you just turn the white color light, white color light. If you're praying, keep praying. We're going to stay in the attitude of prayer. But I want to also encourage some that are getting prayer by testimonies. So I don't want you to be shy, but if you've experienced a healing, if you feel like Jesus has saved you, delivered you from your troubles, filled you with his power, spoke a word, I would just like to hear a testimony. A testimony. Don't you all run up here at once. Can I testify? Sure. Before I came up here, I had a I had knee pain. Amen. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to get into prayer. But then I started playing. I, I don't feel it anymore. Praise God. You got I got healed up here. <laughs> up Amen. Here. Let's bless the Lord for that. We'll take that. We'll take it. We'll receive it. Anybody here, any workers want to point out to somebody? We'll put them on the spot. Any lives changed? Anybody know of a testimony? Come on, I want to hear some testimonies. We're praying for healing over here. We're contending. Is anybody healed that you can check your body? I'm going to keep contending for my healing, but I've been asking the Lord along with others today. Well, I know God is moving. We have a testimony here. Amen. We're not in a hurry, so come on. Does it have to do with her arms? We've been praying for that. Would you like to? at home here she feels really good that, that that she was able to get prayer so many times and and she's had uh, for a while she's had tendons in her shoulders that have been torn and uh, she now has received healing she can actually lift up her arms and um, and she she used to very struggle with a lot of pain a lot of pain that she could not sleep at night a lot of insomnia but she has been healed by Jesus' stripes and she is very thankful to God that she was able to, to receive his anointing and healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. He's going to stand behind you. I just want you to stand behind her just in case. She's very touched by the Lord right now. I just want to pray that this will be completed. A lot of times in our healing meetings, the loosing will happen of these limbs, but then when they go home, it will get stiff again. And there's something in relation to that and remaining in faith, remaining in prayer. It's like a progressive healing. Believe it or not, it does happen that way. And so we're just going to ask God for this to be completed. Yes. That this will continue. The strength will come. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You've begun a good work in her today. Yes. She can do what she couldn't do before, Lord. And now, God, we pray it will be finished finished in Jesus name that these limbs will become strong hallelujah God like how you intended them to be and we thank you for loosing the pain in this meeting today in Jesus name glory adios 
Jesucristo es el Señor. Gracias, Señor. Woo. Amen, amen, amen. And just explain that to her just so she'll know we're going to believe God for Because it's like God gave her a zap and the pain went away. And we're going to believe God for the full healing. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Gracias. Anybody else? You'll see that in services. People will be able to start doing stuff they couldn't do. And then it recovers. There's a recovering healing. Amen. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, so I'm just going to give a few more seconds. Any other testimonies? We're going to sing a few more songs. Thank you for staying. Okay, here's one. Yes, my name is Sonia, and I had all this week, I've been with a migraine headache. I had to leave at work early, and I couldn't go to work on Friday. And this morning, I was feeling a little bit dizzy. And I say, why Why don't you feel dizzy? So I feel well, a little bit weak and all that. And, and um, she told me, yes, she, she prayed for me. And yes, done, the headache just went away in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Amen. We are going to stay and keep playing the worship and singing songs. Because remember, as we read in James, it says, if you're happy, sing songs. If you need prayer, pray. So this service is going to keep going. If you have to go, uh, you can go. But I just want to thank those of, you, those of you who stayed and got prayer today. God bless you. We'll see you at Life Groups. Can I just hear one more amen? Amen. And let's keep praying and keep worshiping. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. you down gonna lift our voice in victory we're gonna make our praises loud the enemy's been defeated death couldn't hold you
There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. No place I'd E minor. Be hearing your love. I want more of you. 